0: In chapters five and six of the Monologian, we arrive at some discussions which are very important for understanding Anselm's conception of the divine being, the supreme being, and also its relations with other beings in terms of what we can call his fundamental or background metaphysics. He is exploring this for his monks who he's writing to and for us, his readers, in these chapters. Now, chapter 5 starts out with the, the assertion, that's the chapter title, just as he or it exists through himself and other things exist through him, so he exists from himself and other things exist from him. What we're talking about here is per se existence or per se being of the supreme being. Usually when we say per se in our ordinary speech, we don't mean precisely what Anselm is using it for here, so I do want to signal what he's talking about. We tend to think about it in terms of, if I say, I'm not talking about that point per se, I usually mean something like for its own sake or on its own account. What he's talking about here is using this per, which is a preposition in Latin, in a way that signifies causality, a way that signifies what something comes from. We translate it as through, not through as in moving through space and time, but rather that something happens through the agency, through the causality of another. And what he's going to tell us is that supreme being, the greatest good, you know, the highest being, whatever we want to call it in this case, those are all fine ways to talk about it, exists or has its being per se, that is, through itself. It does not have its being through another. It does not exist because something else brought it into existence. We've seen this in the previous chapters. And it also has its being from itself, or exe, literally out of itself. Now, this is, Anselm thinks, not only very important metaphysical language, but in a certain way it's also metaphorical language which has to be clarified a bit. All other things, as he says, exist through the Supreme Being. We saw this in the discussion of where beings get their being from in Chapter 3, and also the goodness that they have in Chapter 1 all of the things exist through the one single Supreme Being and from the Supreme Being. So he's using these two terms, per and x, that signify causality, and he's going to discuss some cases that might be a little bit illuminating for us. He says, whatever exists from some matter and through a craftsman can also be able to, said, to exist through the matter and from the craftsman. So we can exchange this from and through. So, you know, think about this book. It exists from some matter, the pages, the whatever finish this is that they're putting on it, the ink. But there's also a craft process, not a single craftsman, but something that went into this. Imagine if this was a medieval book and it was on vellum, which is itself, you know, a product, and then somebody's writing in it, like a monk sitting in his study or in the library, and it finally gets bound. All those sorts of things create an artifact, right? The artifact does not have its existence per se, it doesn't exist through itself, right? It exists through the craftsperson and through the matter. And it could exist through other things as well. You know, get a very complicated chain of causality. We can also just as well say, Anselm is willing to concede, that it is coming out of the craftsperson and from or through the matter. These are fine. What he really wants to say that's very important is that we don't use the term existing or being through or from in the same sense in the same way when we're talking about things other than the supreme being and when we're talking about the supreme being so he wants to caution us from the mistake of thinking that existence from itself or through itself is just like existence from something else except maybe there's like a circular relation or something like that. He thinks that this is very different. And he uses this term, he says there's a different existendi ratio. um, It's translated as definition in here, but ratio really means something more like sense that we're talking about here, or meaning, or the account of it. The account of its existence is different for things other than the the supreme essence, the supreme being, than it is for that being. So, when we're thinking about other things, and now we're getting to chapter 6, he says that because those don't always have the same meaning, we need to carefully investigate in what sense all existing things exist through or from the supreme nature. How is it that other things exist? He's not attempting to provide here a comprehensive account of causality like Aristotle with the four causes. He's just bringing up three basic kinds of causality that are fairly commonly recognized by people who think about this at the time. Those who have any sort of background in metaphysics will, will recognize some of these. The efficient cause, that is the cause that brings something into being, that acts upon it, that could be impressing something upon it, it could be kicking something something into, into action the right way that causes other things to, to occur. Then there's the matter, what it is that the thing is made up, and that itself is also a cause for the existence of the thing. It's not just that there's, say, a craftsman. A craftsman has to work upon something. He doesn't just sort of, you know, do like a magic trick and pull things out of the air. Even the magician, as we know, isn't just pulling a, a rabbit out of nothingness. They're pulling it out of a hat where the rabbit's been all along. And then we can also think about a tool or an instrument as a cause for why something exists the way it does. The book would be a great example. Many tools or instruments go into creating this, right? And this is for things that exist through or from another. So the question that we want to ask is for the being that exists per se through itself and exe from itself, Are any of these ways of coming into being applicable? And Anselm says, no, it's not like the supreme being who is God came about because matter caused God to be what God is, and there's not some efficient cause like God maker, you know, in the background, you know, stamping out gods or just stamping out one God or anything like that. And it's not by some tool or instrument. So what could it be? He says, you know, why can't this be the case? Anything that exists in any of these three ways exists through another and is posterior to and in some way less than that through which it has its existence. So none of these are applicable to what we've already granted to be a being that has its existence from itself, a being that is the highest, the supreme being, the supreme goodness. None of these would work for it. So he goes on and he says, what then? Something that does not exist by the agency of something or from some matter or come into existence by means of any aids appears either to be nothing or, if it is something, to exist through nothing and from nothing. That's a very interesting thing to bring up, isn't it? Anselm, by the way, this is a little digression, has a lot of very, very interesting reflections upon the nature of nothingness that we're going to look at in other videos that can give later philosophers who make a great deal out of nothing a real run for their money metaphysically. So, to go on, he says, I think these things can in no way apply to the supreme substance, but I'm not going to neglect to put together a proof of this. And so he says, the claim that this nature, apart from whom no nature at all exists, is nothing, is as false as it would be absurd to say that whatever exists is nothing, right? So the, the supreme being exists, it's not nothing, and if, you know, we can't say it's through itself because itself it's nothing, that's a, an absurdity for Anselm. Anselm says he does not exist through nothing, since there's no intelligible sense in which what is something exists through Nothing. What is he saying there? This is a little bit tricky to, to wrap your head around at it first. It's not just that things can't spontaneously appear. That's true as well. Nothing cannot be the cause for anything. There's nothing that can come out of nothing. So if you've got a something, you couldn't have started with just nothing or you're not going to have anything. It's a little bit complicated to follow, I suppose. So A. Anselm then says, if in some sense he exists from nothing, So he's conceding. We could say that the supreme being exists from nothing. But how would we mean that? We would mean that to say that he exists from nothing other than itself. And if we want to cut to the chase, we don't have to have the word nothing in there. We can just say he does indeed exist, or it does exist. We're using he here because Anselm's vocabulary is masculine at this point. It exists from itself. And then he considers several different ways to parse this out. If we say that the supreme being came to exist from nothing through some other nature, it's not supreme. We can't have that. If this nature is something either through nothing or from nothing, then it's not through itself or from itself, whatever it is. And that would be a problem as well. So what we've got here is if we want to take seriously this notion of having being through itself, We don't get any other options for explaining how this comes about. It's not through some sort of other efficient cause or a matter or some instrumentality or aid. It's not through nothing. It's not even through some other something. And so this is a a point that is difficult to wrap our heads around. Ansel knows that and he tries to give us uh, an interesting analogy here in explaining what's going on, and you notice I've got these Latin terms here, lux, lucere, lucens, essentia, esse, and ens, lux is a noun, essentia is also a noun, lucere is coming from a verb, I don't want anyone getting all worked up to and saying it should be lucere or anything, I do classical Latin more than medieval Latin. Essay is the verb to be. Lucens is the participle, the thing that has that characteristic, that is doing that verb of lucere. Ends is the same thing for essay. Exist, to exist, to be, existing. So he goes on and he says, How are we to understand that this being exists through itself and from itself, if it neither made itself nor provided matter for itself, nor in any way helped itself to be what it was not already? It seems that perhaps this can be understood only in the same sense in which it is said that light shines, or is shining, through itself and from itself. Light shines, or is something shining, Not because these are something that was caused by something else in the light, but that's the very nature of light, which is to shine or to be something shining. So he says the same way as essence... And to be and being, that is existing or subsisting, follow from each other. So, supreme essence and supremely to be and supremely being are related to each other, not unlike light, shine, and shine. Now, you may not find that, that illuminating, and I get the pun there, right at the start. But if you think it through, he's trying to say what this through itself and from itself would be. And he thinks that this